Amen. Amen. So 1 Kings chapter number 17, we're picking up a passage with Elijah, uh, the Tishbite. It's an amazing uh, passage here in 1 Kings chapter number 17. Beginning in verse number one, uh, let's, let's pick it up. It says, and Elijah, the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab. Now, if you don't know who Ahab is, he was the, the wicked king. If you want to go back to our last Bible study, he was derelict in his duty. Amen. And a woman ruled over him, Jezebel. Right? Are you familiar with the story? So because he wasn't the man he was supposed to be, someone ruled who shouldn't be ruling. And Elijah's bringing this judgment to him, but he says uh, to Ahab, Picking up back in verse 1. As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. Now, let's let's stop right here for a second and, and notice, number one, that Elijah is the prophet of God. He's the man of God, and he goes up to Ahab, who should be a man of God himself, but because he's wicked and derelict in his responsibilities, in other words, he doesn't wear the pants of the kingdom. Not even of his house. He doesn't wear the pants of the kingdom. Jezebel rules the kingdom. What Jezebel says goes... And so Elijah here, he said, I'm going to tell you a message from God, the God of Israel before whom I stand. And this talks about how he has a, a, an intimate, direct connection to God. So, so number one, before we get into this, if you look at it from the side of Elijah, number one is he had a, a, a relationship with the Lord. He stood before God. And I want to tell you, you can't have somebody else stand before God for you. On this side of the cross, you've been, made, you've been made a priest. You've been made a priest unto God yourself. You have holy hands on this side of the cross. You go to the Lord on this side of the cross. You worship the Lord. Amen. There's no mediator now between you and God. It's Jesus Christ. You go straight to the Lord himself. That path has been cleared for you. Amen. And, and so if you're not standing before God, you're not going to receive those directions and those intimate, uh, that, that intimate conversation that the Lord has for you. You know that the Lord will give you a word in due season. It may not make sense to anybody else, but he can give you a word of comfort. Amen. That doesn't make sense. God can speak through other people into your lives, but you first got to stand before him. You've got to present yourself to God. You've got to go to God and say, Lord, you know what? I'm not what I should be, but I'm not what I used to be. And Lord, I'm here. I just pray, God, that you would cleanse me, forgive me from these, these things in my life. But God, I want you, and here I am. And that, that humble and contrite heart like that is what God's looking for. God is not looking for, he, God's not going to wait on you to be perfect before he has a relationship with you. God makes you perfect through your relationship with Jesus Christ. That, and so what he's looking for is for you to have a heart for him, a hunger for him. And then you can be like David and, and, and just come before God and say, Lord, I messed up, but here I am. And, and Lord, I don't want to go back to where I've been. I want to go forward with you. That's why David was a man after God's own heart. But here, uh, Elijah's bringing a word of judgment to Ahab. You guys that are familiar with it, you've probably read uh, in James, the book of James, whenever it says that, that Elijah was a righteous man, right? The, the prayer of the righteous man avails much. 
And he prayed that it wouldn't rain. And you know what? It didn't rain. And this is the prayer that he's praying to Ahab right here. So you're reading what James wrote about right here in 1 Kings 17. And, and I want to I show you something that happens. Uh, let's continue in verse number 2. And the, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. Now listen to this. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. So a couple of things I want to show you as we get into this this morning. Number one, is that Elijah had a relationship with God, so he knew what to do. If you don't ever stand before God, you're not going to have direction. You're going to be relying on everybody else telling you what to do. You're going to be thinking you know what to do. But until you spend, listen, time in the secret place with God, you're never going to have the direction that you need for your soul. If you're too busy for God, you're too busy to get direction. If you're too busy for God, you're too busy for the power of God. If you're too busy to spend time in the intimate secret place with God, you're too busy for the power of God in your life. Some of us are too busy to get the power of God because God is not going to empower and bring his presence to people that are too busy for him. It's in the secret place that God meets with his people. If you go back and you read Matthew chapter 6, whenever the, the Lord was talking about prayer he said go into your closet and shut the door don't don't bring people in there you've got to have time alone by yourself all your prayer time doesn't need to be on online or facebook it doesn't need to be like that you have to spend that time you've got to carve it out of your day it's got to be so important to you that you're willing to set aside a portion of your day to seek god's face if you want to have direction if you want to have the presence of God and the power of God in your life, if you're fine walking through it as a robot, not having the power of God on your life, then get busy. But when you want God's touch on your life, you've got to clear the schedule for God. First off, first off, right out the bat, this is how you, you, you see that Elijah is a man of God because he says he stood before God. Amen. Now, we know, we know that he didn't physically stand before God. This is talking about him waiting on God in prayer. This is talking about him communing with the living God. This is about him going before God. And look, he would bring the needs of the people. He would bring the needs of the nation. He would bring the needs of those that came to him. Some, you know, I, 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 I think that he probably prayed more than his four. If he's the prophet of God, he probably had more on his heart than, than his house. Amen? He was praying beyond the carnal, normal, every Joe Blow prayer. He, he allowed his heart to be expanded and touched and, and feel the pain that others may be going through and look at the plight of the nation and say, we're going the wrong way. And, and, and you can't hardly look at the way that our nation is going and say, we're going in the right direction. 
we've got problems and we've got issues and you, you've got them from the government all the way down to the church. And most, most prophetic ministers will tell you that's actually reverse. If we could rectify the problems in the church, the others would work their way out, right? As goes the pulpit, so goes the nation. So watch this. So the Lord was able to speak into Elijah's life because he stood before him, because he set aside time. What kind of a man of God would he be if he didn't stand before God? Amen? Do you know that, that on this side of, of Calvary, that each one of us has the privilege, responsibility, and duty to go before God and spend time with him? It's about, listen, it's about you having a living relationship with God. You can't survive off of my relationship with God. You can't survive off your neighbor's relationship with God. You can't survive off of any minister's relationship with God. You personally need a living relationship with God. Amen? You know that you, you, know that you have family members that you don't talk to? You have a relationship, but it's not a living relationship. You know what I mean? Hey, hey, when you have family members that you know, I've talked to them at, at Thanksgiving, Christmas, and Easter. And that summarizes the walk that many people have with God. But God is here, right? And he's made a way. He's, he has brought the way to you to have a living relationship with him. That is they, that an intimate walk with him daily. This is an awareness of his presence in your life Moment by moment. And, 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 and you can't say that you have that when you don't spend time with him. When you don't set aside time to spend in that secret place. And, 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 you, may not, and you may be like, Pastor, stop. All right? I don't pray enough already. Well, nobody prays enough. Everybody could pray more. So stop, stop feeling condemnation. It's not about that. This is about us getting things going in the right direction. Okay, and so Elijah here, he said, I stood before the Lord, I got direction, and I want you to know that you can get direction too if you'll spend time with God, but you're never gonna get it until you do. Amen. You're gonna be living off of manna that other people are eating. You know what? It's good when you can smell somebody else eating steak. <laughs> it smells real good, but it tastes better than it smells. And that's the way the Lord is. You, you, you can look at somebody else getting happy in the Lord, clapping, dancing in church, somebody doing backflips and front flips and shouting hallelujah, praise the Lord, and doing Jericho marches. You can see that and you can just clap and be like, oh, bless the Lord, they're so happy. But you know what? You can get just as happy. You get just as happy in the Lord. It, and it's not dependent on your situation or circumstances. God's good in every season. God's good when the sun's up and when the sun's down. God's good when the house is full and when it's empty. God is good when you got food on the shelf and when you don't got none. God is good when you're happy and when you're not. God's good when you're grieving and God's good when you're celebrating. He's good all the time. His goodness is not dictated by our situations. He changes not. He changes not. Come on now. He changes not. And so it's, it's incumbent upon us to go where he is and get touched with the, the God who changes not will change us. Amen. Will change us. 
So here we see that, that God has sent Elijah, God has sent Elijah to a brook. Go speak this word to King Ahab and run. That's a good word of wisdom. You, you, you go tell somebody, hey, I'm cutting off, I'm cutting off everything that you have, right? I'm cutting it off. It's going to stop because I say it's stopping. And he said, after you say that, run. Go hide. Go hide. Right? And so that's what he had to do. Now, think about this. This is Elijah. This is the one who called down fire from heaven. Killed all, he, he could have killed, right? All the prophets of Baal. It, it, it's not about Elijah not having boldness because we can see from the word of God there's some boldness there. He's probably one of the most bold prophets there is. And yet, God tells him to go and hide. In, in one passage of scripture, kill all the prophets of Baal. Another passage of scripture, go hide. How do you know the difference? Spending time in the secret place with God gives you the direction that you need. You need to be able to know the difference of, of when to go and when to stay. There's sometimes you need to put your feet down and fight, and there's other times that you need to walk away. And the only way you're going to, because look, don't, don't lie to me. Because look, our emotions will run all over us. You, somebody gives you a crossword, you're going to fight them over a parking spot. You, you gonna, if you don't watch out, you let your emotions run over you, you're going to be out in Walmart parking lot hitting somebody with your cane or something. Yeah, that's how your emotions rule us. But when God rules us, when we have an intimate walk with God, right, we know whether to fight or whether to walk away. And anyways, here in this passage, Elijah, he gives this word to King Ahab, it's not going to rain till I say it's going to rain. Now, you know that they didn't have sprinklers. You know that they were farmers, right? They didn't have Walmart. They were farmers, and they didn't have sprinklers. They couldn't turn on the faucet. It's not going to rain till I say it's going to rain. Hold up. That's like him saying, you're not using your debit card till I say you can use it. Or your credit card, right? I'm cutting it off. You're not going to be able to use it till I say. Now, now we kind of got some attention. Wait, wait, what? And so he runs. Now watch this. In his hiding place, God provides for him. How does God provide for Elijah, how does God provide for him? He sends him food, right? Morning and evening by ravens. In a desert place, ravens, wild birds, bring food and nourishment to his soul, right? And can you imagine? Okay, I'm a prophet of God. Here I am. I'm in the wilderness. I'm by this brook. I don't have to deal with nobody. God sends food to me. I don't have to go hunt. I don't have to go fish. I don't have to ask. I don't have to take up love offerings. I don't have to do nothing, and I don't have to deal with people's wickedness. I can be a hermit. I can just shut the door and forget about the wickedness of Israel. If you know, if you know Elijah, it bugged him. This wickedness of America should bug you. So, so here he is. He's by this brook. Life is good. We would call this the blessed life. Oh, this is a blessing. Woo, I don't have to cook. 
I don't have to wash dishes. I don't have to wait on tables, and I don't have to deal with people. Some of y'all, that would be like a dream come true. Right? I don't have to deal with people. This is the blessed life. And then all of a sudden, right? How many of you know we can get, kind of get in a bubble? How many of you know what it's like to get comfortable in a place where God's put you, right? Oh, yeah, this is great. This, this is how I always envisioned it. I don't have to deal with people, right? Because they bother me. I'm a prophet. That's what Elijah's saying, right? A prophet of God, he has a righteous standard. And when people don't measure up, he speaks to it. So he's, he's always contending. Any man or woman of God that doesn't contend is not a prophet of God. Contending's part of it. Now watch this. Watch what happens. In his, he's got a blessed bubble life. A blessed bubble life. Next verse. Verse number seven. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Whoa. My pleasure paradise has ceased to exist. God has forgotten me. Can I tell you something? That's where, that's where most people would falter. That's where most of us would fail the test of God. We, we would think that God's done forgotten us. Wait, Lord, I told Ahab what you wanted me to say. I prayed that it wouldn't rain anymore. It didn't rain. You brought me into this little bubble paradise of a blessed life, and now that's stopping? What did I do to deserve this? I thought this was how it's supposed to be. Can I tell you something? If you get comfortable in the process, you'll miss the presence. Don't rely more on the process than the presence. If you, if you fixate on the process of the situation, you'll miss the presence of God in it. What changes the process is the presence. Look, whether God has you on a mountaintop or in a valley of God's with you, you're going to be okay. If your house is full or empty, if God's with you, you're going to be okay. If you got money in the bank or not, if God's with you, you're going to be okay. If things are going the way you want them to go or not, if God's with you, you're going to be okay. As we know, the Bible says greater is he that's in us. If you've got him, you got him. And you've got the victory in Jesus. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And you've got to know that whatever situation, whatever circumstance you find yourself in, if you've got the Lord on your side, you've got the Lord on your side. But here we can see that most people would fail right here. Most people would say, my blessing bubble has burst. God left me. The drug brought up. How did this happen? Here, I mean, God was blessing me. Somebody did something. Some beavers must have put a dam up there and stopped the water or something. Something's going on. Most of us would have flipped out right here. And you know why? Because that's how most people are. Most people, you know, they get a good job. Hey, this is the process I wanted. 
and they forget the presence of God in it. Right? You get a family. This is the process I wanted. Hey, God gives and God takes away. You're not promised anybody tomorrow, right? And so God gives and God takes away. Sometimes we get so comfortable in the process, we lose sight of the presence of God in our situation and in our lives. The process always changes, but God never does. The process of life always changes. We, we know from Ecclesiastes, right? Seasons, they come and they go. Sometimes there's a season for this and a season for that. Time for war, time for peace. Sowing and there's reaping. There's always a time for something. Seasons change. And as a child of God, you've got to know that God's with you in every season. You've got to know that God's with you in your season of plenty and your season of lack. You've got to know that God's with you in your season when it's comfortable temperatures and when it's very harsh. Minister told me one time, you know, it's easy to bear fruit. It's easy to bear fruit when it's 70 degrees and you've been watered. But if you're a child of God, you'll stare, you'll, you will still bear fruit when there's been no rain. Why? Because it's not about you. It's who you're connected to. It's not about you. It's who your source is. And if, if you are connected to God, you're going to bear fruit in season and out of season. You're going to bear fruit in season and out of season. He will produce wherever he is. He's the vine, you're the branches. If you're connected into the vine, you're going to bear fruit, whether you like it or not. And sometimes it may not be the fruit you want it to be. You may have big plans. But God wants to see you be faithful. Well, watch this. So the, the process is going to change. If you get attached to the, it, listen, if you get attached to the process, your heart's going to be like a roller coaster. When the process is good, God's good. When the process is bad, God left me. God left me high and dry. You know how many times I talk to people like that? God forgot about me. God left me. God, I'm drowning. You're not dr if God is in the boat, you're not going to drown. Don't y'all remember the story with Jesus? He was asleep. The boat was rocking. Oh, we're drowning. Don't you care that we drown? Don't you know that the God of glory is in the boat with you? Don't you know that God's in you? He's not going to leave you nor forsake you. Anything that you go through, God's with you in it. He's not going to leave you. Look, he's going to be with you to the end. Isn't he? He's going to be with you till the end. And I want you to see that this, this process, this season is changing. You know what it's like when one season closes and you're not ready for it? Right? You know, what it, you know what that's like? And, and, and God's kind of thrust you into a new season and you're not ready for it. You want to go back in the old one because that's who I am. That's how I, I love that one, right? Think about Elijah here. Wait, I, I like the place where I don't have to cook and I, and I don't have to clean and I don't have to deal with people. And, and you bring everything right to me, Lord. And it's just me and you. We're just in this thing together. We just have this, 
this thing. But you know what? God shut the door on that season of his life. God shut the door. There's no going back to the brook because the brook ain't there. God's there, but the brook ain't. You hear me? And if it's not there, it's not there. You thank God for the time that you had the brook, but you look to the new season. Okay? Can't go back. So what, what do we focus on? Not the process, but his presence. But his presence. You see, whenever uh, Moses was talking to, to God, before God put him in the cleft of the rock, God said, my presence is going to go with you, and I'm going to give you rest. He didn't say everywhere you go, there's going to be a, a, a brook. There's going to be ravens that bring you food, and you'll have rest. He didn't say that. He said, my presence will go with you. This is Exodus 33, believe verse 16. My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. That's the promise. And that promise is in, in every believer. God's presence doesn't go with you. He's in you. It's the temple of God. You go look at 2 Corinthians chapter 6. God said, I will live in them and dwell in them. I will be their God and they will be my people. If you're a born again child of God, you've been born of the spirit. The spirit is God. He's the forgotten person of the Trinity. The spirit is God. That's God's presence in your life. God is not a derelict father. He doesn't leave you fatherless. He gives you the spirit of adoption so that you know that you're a child of God, that God's not going to leave you. He's with you. Now, what's the next season in Elijah's life? What's the next season? God's going to send him to a widow's house. God's going to send him to a widow's house to provide for him. That doesn't make sense in the natural you know that God will do things that don't make sense in the natural? You would think, okay, Lord, if the, if the brook is going to dry up, you're going to send me to a wealthy estate home, right? No, I'm going to send you to a widow who's got just one meal left. What? Wh wait, that doesn't make sense. What, I'm going to eat one meal and then what, die? No, you're just going to go there and you're going to stay there till I say God's going to send him to the place that doesn't make sense. And God will lead you to people in your life, places in your life that don't make sense naturally. From the outside, what is that? What is that? That's what you would think. Why would you send me to a widow who doesn't have any money, who doesn't have any food in the pantry? Why would you send me there? I like the brook. I'm going to send you there, and I'm going to provide for you through her, through her, through her. Now, notice this. Let me, let me point something out to you. In a moment like this, in a moment like this, Elijah could be ruled by fear or ruled by faith. Right? Every single one of us have those opportunities in our life where we're either going to be ruled by fear or by faith. In the situation, you're either going to try to fix it yourself. That's when fear comes up. That means that you don't trust God. Right? Any person that's ever stolen doesn't trust God, do they? 
And, and, and any person who lives in fear of any situation is not trusting God in the situation. So you're either going to be ruled by fear or by faith. And you might say, well, you don't understand the situation I'm in. You don't know what it's like to be in my shoes because I can't trust that person. You know what? You don't have to trust the person. Trust God with the person. Trust God to work in that person's life. Trust God to protect you in the process of it. You've got to remember who, who your faith is in. Your faith can't be in another person. It has to be in Jesus. Your faith has to be in Jesus and what Jesus is doing in them. Amen? You can't. So, because people will let you down, but God never will. Right? People will let you down, but God will never will. Okay, now watch this. How many of y'all think that Elijah chose to be ruled by fear? How many of you think he, got, he chose to be ruled by faith? Right? You know why? Because he had time. You can tell whenever he went to Ahab and he said, I've stood before the Lord, stood before God, that he had a connection with God. You, you have a relationship with God. It doesn't matter how big the Goliath is in your life. You'll, you, you're going to have faith rise up. Your faith will meet the situation. Your faith will meet the situation. When David met Goliath, he did not have a passage of Scripture that said, if you meet a Goliath, grab five stones and throw one. That verse is not in the Bible. He didn't have that. But what did he have? He had a confident expectation in who his God was. And he operated in it. He didn't have a, a, a rule book that said when Goliath is hollering at you, this is what you do. But he had a God inside him that he trusted in, that he relied on. He was confident in his God more than he was himself. He was more confident in God than he was in Goliath beating him up. Right? So, so we know that Elijah was ruled by faith. How is that possible? How is that possible? The only way that we can be kept in, in this kind of a, a, a place of faith is through trusting. Through trusting. And that is connected to God's peace in our lives. Let me show you that in Isaiah 26. Isaiah 26, verse 3. So over here in Isaiah 26, you're going to see something here. It says in verse number 3, Thou, and that's talking about God, Anytime you see the thou, that's talking about one person. So he's talking to Jehovah God. Thou, you, O God, thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusted in thee. The, the, the way that we stay in God's peace is keeping our mind fixed on God. When you're, listen, when your mind is fixed on God, it shows that you trust God. If you trust God, you'll have peace in the situation. 
This, you can look at all of, all of the examples through the Bible. You look at David, you look at, uh, you, you look at, at Samuel, you, you look at all the people, Gideon, Samson, Daniel, you go through them all. All of them trusted God. And when you trust God, peace will be yours. God will keep you in that peace. Listen, that passes natural understanding. God will give you peace when it doesn't make sense. God will give you a calm, quiet, restful assurance that he's in control, he's on the throne, and he's going to make sure you get to where you need to be. That's the peace of God. This peace God keeps his people in when you just simply trust God in your situation with what you're facing. And, 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 and look, don't miss the first point that I made. Don't miss the first point. The first point is this intimate relationship that you have with God. You've got to spend time yourself in the secret place with God so that you can get direction for the season you're in. Because your season is not the one you used to be in, and it's not the one you're going to be in. But you're in a season right now currently, and you need a word from God currently. You need a touch from God currently, and you're going to have to come to the place where you trust God in your now. Lord, I, I don't like the way things are going, but you know what, God? I'm, I'm going to trust you in it. I really like it when the ravens are bringing me food, Lord. I don't like the way it's going right now because the brook's drying up. I, I, I don't like it, Lord. And you're the one that sent me here. See, some of us would be like, if you were going to dry it up, why'd you send me here? That's how some people talk to the Lord. It's kind of scary, but they do. I mean, I wish you wouldn't have brought me here. Why'd you? Have, I had to waste time coming to this brook, eating this food from these birds. Why'd you do that if you're just going to dry it up? God's teaching Elijah in the process to trust him, not the process. See, if we would have been Elijah, we would have made the first church of the ravens by the brook. We would have made a whole denomination about how you're supposed to trust in the process of the ravens bringing you food. But God didn't want Elijah to get too connected to the birds or the process, but he wanted Elijah to trust his presence. You, you hear me? Sometimes we, we, sometimes we like, I like that worship leader. I like this. I like the way that they do this. And I, I like the way whenever we have this. And I, I like it like that. And we get too comfortable in the process, Right? forgetting that all of it is about God's presence. And God's presence is what we need. And when we keep our mind stayed on him, he keeps us in perfect peace. That's what it's about, is God wanting us to keep our minds right in every situation, our hearts clean and pure, fully trusting God in our now season, right? Because yesterday's season, you know what? If you trusted God in yesterday's season, hey, hand clap, praise the Lord. But that's not going to help you today. Right? E e listen, I want you to watch the progression in that. It, you just remember, Elijah, he was first told, 
go tell Ahab something he don't want to hear. Okay, Lord, got it. Now, go hide by the brook. Okay, Lord, got it. So he passed two seasons, but you know what? He could have failed the next one. The next one was go to that widow who only has one meal left, and she's going to provide for you till I say when. He could have said, wait a second. Wait a second. This doesn't make sense. It shouldn't be like this, right? But he didn't. He had trust in yesterday, but he had trust in today, and he had trust with his tomorrow. And you know what? Whatever situation you're in, you're going to have to find the Lord's presence in it. You got to get to that place. And the only way that you're going to find the Lord's presence in your now situation is to spend time with your now and living God. If you don't, and like I said at the beginning, if you're too busy for that, you're too busy for God's power in your life. Don't, don't ever get so busy that you're too busy for his presence. Even, you know what? Even church leaders do that. Even church leaders can, can get so busy doing programs. You can program out the presence of God in your life. You, 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 can, you can get so busy doing stuff that you don't have time to spend with God no more. When, when you didn't have a ministry, you, you would sit and spend time at the Lord's feet. Just like Mary. But then you became like Martha. And you got too busy to spend time at his feet. And when God made you what he made you, it's when you were Martha, when you were Mary, not Martha. When you didn't have anything else, but all you wanted was to sit at his feet and worship him and love on him and lavish your praise on him and, and just listen to every word that came from his lips, right? Your word is like manna to my soul. That, that's, when, that's when the Lord made you who he made you, but when... When you got too busy for the Lord, or as my grandma would say, too big for your britches, you, you started becoming Martha. You got, you, well, I got to wash the dishes and I got to sweep. And look, if I don't do this, nobody else is going to do it. I don't see nobody else picking up anything. I got to do everything. You get, you want to get like that? You can, pr listen, you can, and, and I'm saying that, but you know that churches can get so caught up in functions and ministries and programs that they forget our first priority is to minister to God first. Don't, don't get humanistic about stuff. Your first priority is to love the Lord your God with all. Don't leave any in reserve. You will only find who you are when you've spent everything at his feet. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Amen? Then God will pour in his spirit. Then you'll have overflow. Then you'll be able, God will be able to use you, but he's not going to use you till, he, till you're empty, till you've emptied out on him, till you've taken your alabaster box and broken it on him and just spent all that you have inside on him. Lord, I'm not moving. I'm not leaving. I'm, I'm, I don't have anywhere else to go. You're my number one priority and I'm not gonna leave till you tell me to leave. Don't get too busy for God. Say it like that. Don't get too busy for God. Don't, don't get back into the Martha. When God started changing your life, it's because you spent time at his feet. 
is because you went to those altars. You spent time in prayer. You opened your word of God and you were hungering and thirsting for his righteousness. And, and, and you had time, right? He was a priority to you. That's when God started changing things in your life. But when he's not a priority anymore, things get cold and religious. Formal. We program God right out. It's, it's, you know, it's pretty sad that there's, the church has never had brighter lights on the outside and it's never been darker on the inside. You can, you can drive by churches today and it looks like Las Vegas uh, Strip. Bright lights, neon, blink, 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 blink. Come on in, come on in. Spend your money here, come on in, come on in. Spend your money here, come on in. Bright lights. But you know what? The power of God is not in the flashing lights. It's not in the wind, it's not in the earthquake, right? What's it in? It's in that still, small voice. And you know how you get to that still, small voice? When you shut everything else out. And you spend time in the secret place with God at his feet, just like Mary did. And God never changes. God never changes. In America, we want Las Vegas religion. And God still does things old school. He don't change. It's those that will come into that secret place and shut the door, right? Say, Lord... I'm here and I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving till I pour out my heart on you and you pour your spirit out on me. Just like Jacob. God, I'm not letting go till you touch me, Lord. He wrestled with God all night long. Some of us, we don't have that kind of tenacity. Some of us, we, we going to give up the first time somebody says, you know, I didn't like the way you taught. I didn't like the way you sang. I didn't like the way you served. I didn't like the way you did this. Or I don't like that song. I'm out. I'm out. I'm done. I quit. Some of us will quit at the first sign of opposition. But you've got to have that tenacity like Jacob did. that said, you know what, God? I'm not going to let go till you touch me. I know that if God is no respecter of persons, if he can touch somebody else, he can touch you. If God can fill anybody with the Holy Ghost, he can fill you with the Holy Ghost. If God can give anybody peace, he can give you peace. If God can give anybody victory, he can give you victory. And God's way never changes. The way has been made plain and open to you. Christ was crucified on a cross way up high. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. And if you go to the Lord Jesus Christ, you will receive all that God has for you. And God never changes. That's how God always operates. God wants to change our lives, but we are too busy for God. We're too busy for that secret place with God, too busy doing ministry and too busy serving in ministry and too busy working our jobs and, you know, I got to go get my new boat and I got to go get my new car and I got to water my grass. Why are we so worried about watering our grass when our families are dying and going to hell? Why are we so busy? Why are we so busy? Why are we so busy about our business and not the Lord's business. Can you see that? Can you see how crazy it is? We get so caught up in our business, our agendas, 
my denomination, my church, my this, my that. What about the Lord's? What about the Lord's church? What about the Lord's heart? What about the Lord's business? You know that God's not willing that any should perish? Did you, did you know that God doesn't change? He's still not willing that any perish. Whether they be in your house, they could be at your dining room table. Whether they be across the hall, whether they be across the street, whether they be across the other side of the river, maybe they're on the other side of, of, of another nation. God's not willing that any of them should perish. But are we? But are we? And you know what? If, you, if, if it doesn't bother you, 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 you know what? You need to pray that the Lord burdens your heart. Say, God, open my eyes and burden my heart for the lost. Burden my heart for the dying. Burden my heart for the hurting. Burden my heart for them, Lord. Don't let me be complacent, God. Stir my heart. Stir my heart, Lord. Right? Sometimes we need that stirring. That's why, you know, Paul wrote that to Timothy. Stir up, right? Stir up that gift that's in you. You know what? If you're too busy flipping through channels, you're not going to get stirred up about nothing. Maybe when, you're, maybe when your satellite fuzzes or something. Ah, they went out again. We'll get so fired up about stuff like that. Oh, the internet went out again. I'm going to call them and give them a piece of my mind. How about giving hell a piece of your mind? How about we get stirred up about that? How about we go and say, you know what? The Bible says that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. How about we go and start rescuing souls from eternal hell? We get so fired. Internet went out again. They done. The phone went out. I mean, every time the wind blows, it goes, I'm going to call them and give them a piece of my mind. How about we start contending for the things of God again? How about we get burdened for the things that God's burdened for? Right? Amen? So Elijah, you know, he, he, he had the peace of God on his life because he trusted God in every situation. In every situation. Lord, I'm just going to trust you in it. God said, you go, by, you go tell Ahab, I'll go tell Ahab. You go to the brook, I'll go to the brook. You go to the widow's house, I'll go to the widow's house. Some of us, we, don't, we wouldn't go do the first thing. Much less the second or the third some of us, we, 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 we're too busy to hear God the first time. But listen, I want you to hear this, though. The, the, the hard part for many people of God today is in the transition. That's the hard part. And, and you're, you're going to you're gonna, you're gonna run into doors, nose first, till you spend time with the Lord and, and get direction. We're talking about, the, you know, the, the, the word of God. It's a lamp for our feet, right? You, you know, without the word of God, without God directing your steps, you're going to run into stuff all the time. You, you, you might say, I, I just keep messing up. I just keep messing up. You know what? Why don't, why don't we stop leading ourselves and let the Lord begin to lead us? Let the Lord begin to lead us again. Well, one of the things that... that I want you to see is that this trust is born and it, it, it produces peace, okay? It produces peace. Let me show you something in Colossians chapter 3. We'll close right here. Colossians chapter 3. This, uh, this trust must be in the Lord, not in what you receive, not in how you receive, 
not in how you serve or what serves you. Your trust has to be in God. You, you, you know, if you think about this like from a job perspective, right? Some people say, you know, God is providing for me this way, but we've got to realize God may provide for you another way tomorrow. You've got to be willing to transition with God, right? Follow God in the new seasons, in the new seasons. And the only way you're going to do that is spend time with God, trust the Lord, keep your mind on him, right? Keep your mind on the Lord and he'll, in, uh, keep your mind stayed on the Lord and he'll keep you in perfect peace. So let's talk about the peace of God. Colossians 3, verse 15. The Bible is, is said over there that if you keep your mind stayed on the Lord, he'll keep you in perfect peace. Now let's come over to the New Testament. Look at Colossians 3, 15. Look what the Lord says here. Let the, let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also you are called in one body and be ye thankful. Now the word rule here, it's talking about governing, guiding, and umpiring. Governing, guiding, and umpiring. I want you to catch something. I want you to catch something. Uh, Wesley said it this way. He said that the peace of God, if you know God, how many of y'all know what it's like to have peace for, with God, right? Now the the, the peace with God and peace of God are two different things. Peace with God is made through Jesus Christ. He made the way, right? The peace of God is when you have intimacy with God. Wherever God is, there's peace. Listen to this. Presence produces peace. Wherever God is. Wherever God is, there's going to be peace, his peace that passes all understanding. When you spend time in that secret place with the Lord and his presence produces peace in you, then listen, that peace leaves an indelible mark and it can act, if you let it rule you, it can act as an umpire, a governor, or a guide for your life. How do you do that? The way Wesley put it was, let the peace of God sway you back to the holy road. So whenever you begin to get out here and you start having no peace, you go back to where that peace was. You let that peace of God lead you, right? And he said, you, he said the way that the peace of God governs you, you let it just sway you back onto that highway of holiness. It'll, you know, sometimes some... some We'll be honest, right? Some of us get crazy ideas. We'll be doing this. We'll get too busy fishing, too busy doing this. We'll, we'll prioritize God right out of our life. And we'll, man, where'd the peace of God go? You let that sway you right back to those altars where you get that place right back there with God. He said it'll just sway you right back. It's a powerful concept if you'll remember that God's presence produces peace and it's it's lord it's at your feet that's where i'm changed that's where i'm renewed that's where all things are made new that's where you know what the stinking thinking it, it goes and I, i'm reminded that god was merciful to me god loves me and he didn't have to 
but he, he did anyways. And it just, it melts my heart and it makes me want to lavish my praise on him and serve him all the days of my life where, you know what? I'm not going to lend my breath to the things of this world. I'm going to lend my breath to the things of God. I'm going to invest my things for eternity's sake. Amen? Not for my ball, my ball team or my this or my that. I'm going to give myself to God's kingdom, not man's kingdom. And, 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 and that heart, it's, it, it's only touched when we come in contact with the living God. You, can't, you cannot imitate that. You can't imitate that. You, you can't. It, it is, it is a, a touch from God. God, I need you to touch me. You, you know what? You can raise somebody in church. You can teach them all the songs. But you know what? The light is always out. But it's when they get touched by God, right? You know what will happen then? You don't have to twist their ear to make them come to church. You don't have to twist their ear to get them to pray or read the word. Why? They've been touched. Their heart's been melted by God. They come in contact with the living God. They, they have met God. They've had a road to Damascus experience like Saul of Tarsus. You never, look, do you think anybody ever had to tell Saul, now Saul, you, we missed you at church. You need to come to church, Saul. You think anybody ever had to tell Saul, now Saul, you need to start singing. I mean, we're worshiping and you're just sitting there. You think anybody ever had to tell, to tell Saul, who we call Paul, to worship God, to have joy, the, this is the apostle, right, who wrote the, the, joy, the joy book, Philippians, from prison. Right? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice, penned from prison. Without air conditioning or satellite TV. Probably didn't even have a cushion bed. And yet, he told the church, from the voice of an apostle, I am commanding you, God speaking through him, understand rejoicing is just as much a command as repenting. If God spoke it, God spoke it. And God said rejoice always. And again I say rejoice. And you can't say, well, you don't know what I'm going through because it was pinned from prison. When all the people forsook him, go look and read 2 Timothy. Everybody's left me. People were walking away from Paul because every time Paul went anywhere, he got persecuted, unlike preachers today. We want popularity. He got persecution. You start preaching the truth and see which one. People don't want that. But anyways, so the apostle Paul, he pins this, right, from prison. You can have joy in every situation. How? How can you have joy in every situation? When you've got a connection with God, the presence of God produces peace. Regardless of whether you're in a prison house or an outhouse or a palace, God's presence can be with you in the best season of your life and in the worst season of your life. We, we could all... We could all, you know, write on a piece of paper about our worst seasons, right? But you know God was with you in it? If God wasn't with you in it, you wouldn't have made it through it. I can tell you that right now. 
You wouldn't, you wouldn't be where you are had God not come by your side. God's with you, right? And so in our worst season and in our best season, God is so good and we're so blind. God is so good and we're so busy. God is so good. And his presence will produce peace in you today. Listen, whether you've got a mantle to go give a word to Ahab, whether God's sending you in a desert season by the brook, or whether God's sending you to a widow's house, wherever God sends you, God will be with you. God is for you. And as a child of God on this side of the cross, God is in you. You are the temple of the living God. You've been bought with a price, the precious blood of Jesus Christ, right? Therefore, glorify God with your life. The Bible says that now you are the temple of God because the spirit of God indwells you. You can't be born again without having the spirit. You're sealed by the Holy Spirit if you're born again, baptized into one spirit. It's talking about salvation. So look, think about this. If God is with you in the season you're in, he's going to be with you when this season ends and he calls you to a new one. And if he's good in yesterday and he's good in today, he'll be good in tomorrow. You don't know, you don't know how it's going to go at the widow's house. But you know that you have a good God who's going to be with you there. That's what you know. Your trust is not in the person. Your trust is in Jesus. Your trust is not in the situation that you're going to enter into. You might get promised you're going to have a job for a million dollars. You show up on the first day, and it's not true. See, you, you can't trust. You can't put all your trust in a situation. Your trust has to be in the God who's in the situation. That old saying, I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow. Do you? That's the key, right? Oh, I know about God. I listen about him on Sundays. I, you know, I heard pastor preach about him. That's great to know about God, but you have to know him yourself. You have to have that intimate presence in your life because look, I might have peace about a situation. But if you don't have the presence of God in your life, no matter, I could tell you 99 different ways. I could turn it upside down, left, right. We could do a crossword puzzle about peace of God. But until the presence of God is real in your life, you're not going to have it. We can memorize it. We can make bumper stickers, T-shirts about the peace of God. We, we can do that. We can do it all. We can have coffee mugs about the peace of God. I got the peace of God. But until the presence of God is real in your life, you won't have it. And we have a charge to be, listen, I want you to hear that word, ruled by the peace of God. Let it act as a governor or a guide right, an umpire, and to sway you back to the path God wants you to be on. The seasons that come and go, the seasons that come and go, God's faithful in them all. Trust him in them all. Amen? Amen. Father, we bless you this morning, and we thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness.